thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. I've come to bargain. Yeah. Welcome to What's the Brewview Podcast. What's up? You are Brad. I am. Hi, Andrew. Hello. We're back. We are back, and you're listening to the show that critics are saying doesn't seem to suffer from franchise fatigue. Hmm. <laughs> That's right. Could not be more correct on that either. We are back. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, guys, like some good movies. Talk about some good beer. Yes. Um. Yeah. Any good uh, top five coming up? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's it's nice. I really. Uh. I. I. You know. I think this has been covered a lot over the past couple weeks. But I. I do love podcasting, and it's nice, especially. Um, Work's been a pain in the ass, so it's nice to just sit back, have a couple brews, and put and, the and day's worries you. behind you. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to get together and enjoy some beers and talk about movies. So why don't we start with beers? Yeah, let's do it. What you What um, you got? Well, I am having something yummy from the P and W from the lovely city of Portland, Oregon, sent to me by my good friend Master Zed. Sure, sounds uh, cool. <laughs> the from Gi- Gigantic Brewing Company, 
the city that never sleeps. It's an imperial black saison. Ooh. Uh, yeah, this this drinks oh, heavy, big and heavy. This is a. Uh, um, well, let's look. Take a look and see what it's. Uh, it's seven point six ABV nice. with no IBU to, to speak of. Um, it's averaging in like a three point seven five on Untapped, which is a pretty high score. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is this uh, this has got some some kick or some not some kick, but uh, some definite body to it, I guess. Nice. Uh, from from the deep dark recesses of our minds emerges this imperial black saison, mm-hmm. a beer shrouded in mystery and depth of flavor, a night you will never forget. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. So it's it's got the um, it's one of those uh, labels that has a lot going on. It has a a quote from Kurt Vonnegut on it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can he- if you uh, you can hear a track from uh, from Astro Astro. Okay, here uh, here an exclusive track from Astro Tan called Pipe Dream. From their new album Canary, if you click on the little, uh, I don't even know what they are. It's the little uh, square um, the, the, like, barcodes now. I don't know what they're called. The QR code. The one yeah, that yeah, yeah. So I guess you can cl- you can hit that and get a you can sure. hear a new song. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of all kinds of stuff going on in this label. So it's good. But let's let me talk about the beer. Um, heavy, uh, like Belgian-ish type. Uh, well, they, they're considering a farmhouse ale, but it doesn't drink anything like a farmhouse ale for me. Hmm. I mean, there's a, there's hint there's hints of it, like mm, I guess the finish has a hint of the farmhouse, but the the t- the front of it is all like um, um, like a coffee stout type. Thing. Uh, there's a, there's hints of that. Like it's it's more it tastes more like a stout than an imperial. So for me, anyways. Um, but a good beer, I give it a four. Uh, and thank you, Master Zed, Mister Devin. Uh, maybe we can. Maybe we'll be hearing from him soon. Yeah, or maybe not. We'll see. Hopefully, yeah, no. that'd be nice. So yeah, it's a good beer. I like it. Excellent. Nice. So what do you have? And anything from from Portland? Uh, no. No. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, um, but I am not. I'm having a Coors Light. It's the uh, no, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no more cheap Aww. beers this week. <laughs> uh, I am enjoying a collaboration beer uh, from Nola Brewing, right down the street. Yep. And Modern Times, which is in San Diego, uh, yeah, San Diego, California. Um, so they link together for this wild ale with citrus, um, part of the Nola Funk series, which uh, is basically just some some dank bombers. So, okay, so they got the they're taking like the citrus from. San Diego. I yeah. Like I, how, I, what are they? How do they? How are they mix and imagine that? Well, um, I'll read the little. I'll read the little story on this on the bottle here. So, uh, 
They say almost a decade ago, Jacob and Derek started a homebrewing journey together that took each of them on different but spectacular journeys. A little redundant. You might want to get a proofreader. Now on, <laughs> different, now on different coasts, they have come together once again to bring the knowledge of wild fermentation acquired along the way and their mutual love of citrus together for this tasty treat. Multiple wild yeast strains and bacteria come together with blood oranges, LA, mm. LA sweets, I assume Louisiana sweets, and grapefruit to create this funky, fresh remix. Um, so it has kind of the, um, just the, the dankness of those wild, of a wild strain. Um, yeah. And then that's what you get on the front of it to, uh, to borrow a phrase. Um, mm-hmm. And then it really does kind of wash. Like, uh, it's almost like um, orange and grapefruit, like, kind of wash away that flavor. So, okay. It, yeah. It's, um, it's citrusy, but not sweet, which I yep. like. I, I love uh, a good grapefruit. So, yeah. Um, and this this has it in in spades. Uh, the more I'm drinking it, the more I like it. Um, I initially was a little turned off because Nola um, they make great sours. Like they sours are really their strong suit, and it makes sense. I mean, this time of year, it's nice to have something that's a little sweet, a little tart, light and refreshing. Um, so right. Like, I'd rather have a sour than a blonde, um, but I just, I guess maybe I'm just projecting on them, like, I want them to do more, because they make a solid stout, they do a couple of really good um, IPAs, and aside from these little kind of um, specialty batches they make, they don't really seem to be going all in on the IPAs or, or the stouts or, or other styles. Right. They're, they're really um, committed to making quality sours, which is great. But yep. I, w- I want something a little more. I don't want to sour all the time. So so initially I was kind of, kind of sour on that. Huh. Uh, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> but um, so I was kind of turned off by that. But this is a good beer that sets out to do i think it accomplishes its uh sort of mission statement on there i guess loosely using the term but uh it starts out with the those wild strains that you can really taste that um but it's not too much where um it's not it's not like it's coating your mouth which with with yeastier beers is one of my complaints is that flavor just kind of sticks with you um but the the citrus just comes in and cleans your palate so it's a pretty interesting beer kind of working in two stages so okay um i gave it a 3.5 um the more i'm having of it um i might be convinced to give it a 375 um it's six percent abv uh pretty it's it's easy drinking it's refreshing and it does have a bit of complexity to it. So, so I'm happy okay. with it. Uh, and also modern times is now a, an employee owned company. So 
I think that no. that is cool and worth that is cool worth mentioning that the the people brewing your beers and serving it to you are now the people who own it. So a little invested. Yeah, absolutely. Which which I think is a great thing. I think that you know they're doing the legwork. They should truly reap the benefits of it. Yeah, absolutely. So very cool. Um, and modern times is one of those that kind of shows up. Um, I think it's a pretty popular as far as craft beers go. Um, but this is the, this is the first time that I've had anything from them. So yeah, solid introduction for sure. Cool. Very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Well, um, well, if you, holy crap. Whenever I log my, uh, my stuff in on, untapped on my own mm-hmm. personal um uh, thing i got like four badges sweet badges nice. uh, which if badges. you know anything about untapped oh. you do it for the badges you know anything? um yeah uh so we got some friends on untapped where you can follow yeah. us uh broomview pod and we got neil drinking coast to coast it's a pale ale from hadrian border brewery and mm. he also has a secret kingdom from hadrian border brewery uh, a mid English or English mild ale. Uh, so, sure. uh, he's breaking out of that, uh, you know, the name <laughs> thing. Uh, JK is having a little Betty IPA from hangar 24 craft brewery. Uh, it's an IPA and he's drinking that a little ways away from home. Mm, hangar 24. I'm not, not familiar. Yeah. He's over in uh, sunny Cali. I think right now Ooh. from, from where he, he posted or tapped that or <laughs> hell yeah bro yeah there you go nice um and maddie k is drinking some good old molson canadian oh which is pretty sweet uh and he had also logged in the mgd so that's Ooh. nice and mr brank gar had a little straub american light lager which is Ooh. to me crappy but <laughs> good for him hey as long as he's happy yeah. So if you have any interest, any interest in us shouting you, oh, and uh, Mr. Fredo in Dallas is having a Switchblade IPA nice. from Four String Brewing Company, which he didn't like too much. Nothing yeah. really of note, he says. Honestly, average at best in taste for me. Hmm. So there you go. Uh, but if you have any interest in us shouting you out on a very popular podcast, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend us or like us or whatever you do on Untapped. It's easy to do if you got any kind of smartphone or even we found out tonight on a computer you can do it. So yeah, there you go. Just check it out and check it in and toast and do all that good stuff. Yeah. And on to the films. Yes. All right. Uh, I assigned you a movie. You did. You did. And, okay. Uh, so um, I think maybe that's a yeah. good jumping off point. Yeah, well, it, it's uh, it's it's worthwhile. Um, you signed me a movie from. Sorry, while I look it up, um, my ratings. Uh, the Devil's Not from 2013. Mm-hmm. So this movie is based on the West Memphis Three, which I had no idea going into this because I had previously watched all the Paradise Lost uh, documentaries. Uh, which are uh, uh, three, a series of three documentaries, all by the same filmmaker, uh, based on the uh, on the West Memphis Three, and 
it's uh, from uh, let me see if I can get the dates on these crap there's so many Paradise Lost things in here um, stupid uh, what's his name Dante anyways uh, he so this is a what this case is a case of it gained notoriety around the turn of the century about these three boys, three young boys that were murdered in West Memphis, uh, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and three older boys were convicted of the murders. And the, the big thing about it was it was right around this time where there was a lot of, uh, satanic, like a satanic scare mm-hmm. in the in in the country. Uh, speaking from personal experience, I, like I said before, I grew up in a very religious household and was subject to uh, many guest speakers coming in to the youth groups and telling us how bad rock and roll music was and how many, uh, how you know. Uh, you know how bad Dungeons and Dragons were and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. these kids were uh, into rock, you know, into hard heavy metal, uh, dressed in black, uh, just kind of the outcasts of the school that they were going to or the community they were in. Mm-hmm. And they were, if you're to believe everything that you see uh, between uh, the this movie and the um, excuse me. There uh, and the three documentaries. Mm-hmm. There is, there is some doubt to whether or not these guys actually did it. Okay, um, and it's it's uh, it's a it's an example of like um, mob mentality uh, yeah. when you get to you know get people up in an outroar, especially when it comes to. Uh, you know, our children's future, you know, the dangers Satan. to our children, um, you know, in the meantime, you know, they're growing up in homes that are, you know, with with uh, domestic abuse and, you know, hardcore drinking or, you know, whatever yeah. it is, you know, it's it's there's it's, a bunch of messed up stuff. But, you know, God forbid they read a comic book. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's um, so I would suggest so this movie kind of. Uh, how do you, how would you say it? Um, it's it's not the documentary; it's a narrative, starring starring Colin Firth and um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Siri. I'm having uh, Reese Witherspoon and a couple other people you'd recognize, but I'm not going to get into it a whole lot. Uh, the movie itself kind of sucks. Um, Bummer. I was I was really. I was excited because as soon as it started playing, I was like, Oh, I know this story. I wanted to, you know, it, it, when I was watching the documentary, it's like, Oh, this would make a great movie. You know, they finally done it. They put it in, you know, uh, you know, they finally put it out right. and I was, I was surprised and I was surprised I hadn't heard it. Well, there's a reason. Why I hadn't <laughs> heard it. And, um, because the acting's not very good. The writing is so bad, so bad. Um, the, the story itself is interesting and it's just like it suffers because it's just there. There wasn't a whole lot of craft behind behind this, um, and they were trying to shove all of this information that you can get in these three documentaries. And it's it's a it's 
definitely a hard, or it's a, it's a lot of information to pull in. You could probably watch uh, Paradise Lost Three. Um, I'm gonna see if they're gonna be if it's streaming. So the story is really good. I would recommend the documentary. Stay away from stay away from the uh, the movie on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping it would be better, but it just you know it just didn't hit hit the mark for me. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a five. Okay. Yeah, I gave it a five. So I'm you know no fault of yours. It's just that was them just kind of dropping the ball on on a really good story. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> Actually, how this came to be um, on my radar was it was it was the first made up movies we did. Uh, oh, really? On Mavs, yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty I, cool. I should have prepared a clip. Um, yes, yes. Damn it. Uh, anyways, uh, so that's how it got on my radar, and when I saw it was streaming, I I looked at it and I was like, oh. You know, I'm familiar with this. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll throw this out there. So, right, bummer. Well, Swing the first the first one is okay. So, for Paradise Lost, the child murders mm-hmm. of something uh, at Robin Hood Hills. It was released in 1996. It's streaming on Amazon. Uh, Paradise Lost Two, which is in 2001, so five years later, it's on Amazon mm-hmm. as well. Uh, it's called Revelations, and then Paradise, Paradise Lost Three, uh, called Pur- uh, Colon Purgatory, was re- released in 2011, so ten years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, th- and it follows. <clears throat> uh, well, it kind of tells you in the title what it, what happens, but I think you could get away with watching just the last one and streaming on Amazon as well, nice. um, and on HBO Go as well so uh you can check that out um uh it i I would recommend that over the uh the narrative gotcha but if you if i've not swayed you from watching (laughs) it you can still watch it on netflix streaming now and yeah colin firth is terrible he's not i mean he he tries but he's so miscast in this Mm. and reese witherspoon is she she exists give you know (laughs) Yeah. Take her labor. So anyways, on to something better, hopefully. Uh, yes, so uh, you assigned me um, while while it's still on Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. Marvel's, Disney's Marvel's Doctor Strange. Uh, from 2016, last year. Um, prior to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, was this the most... Recent one, or I think so. It's either this uh, that. Well, I think Cap- uh, Civil War came out last summer as well. Yeah. So yeah. And I so think this came was... out in November of okay. 2016. Okay. Civil War was a that was summer, summer release, one. So. Uh, May. So yeah. yeah okay. Um, yeah. Sounds this, about right. So it was. Uh, Written in part um, and directed in whole uh, by Scott Derrickson, uh, who prior to this is most notably a writer of movies like Deliver Us from Evil, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, and Sinister. Uh, And he also, oh, he directed the 
He directed all of those, as well as Hellraiser Inferno. Y'all remember that one. Uh, the the 2008 Day the Earth Stood Still remake and uh, Doctor Strange. So really outside of The Exorcism of Emily Rose a little bit, Sinister more so. Outside of Doctor Strange, he's, he's not done really anything that big. Um, some stuff you've heard of, but I wouldn't call it big. So uh, this is a... Uh, introduction to the mystic universe within the marvel cinematic universe i guess yeah um, i guess yeah so trying to trying to compare it to like what dc has had out and i guess the closest thing would be that what the witch in in uh suicide squad kind of <laughs> yeah maybe june moon yeah uh, uh yes yeah, so the uh it's about doctor <laughs> stephen strange who, whose name is his last name is strange if, for, mm-hmm. if anyone's wondering um and uh he's on a journey of physical and spiritual healing uh and while on that journey this brilliant neurosurgeon is drawn into the world of the mystic arts oh my god so it stars <laughs> benedict cumberbatch Chudel Ajafor, Rachel McAdams, Benedict Wong as Wong, uh, hmm. Mads Mikkelsen, and Tilda Swinton. And uh, a handful of disposable uh, mercenaries and or henchmen. And Michael Stubal- Stahlberg wearing a ridiculous wig. Um, you're better than this, Michael. You were in Boardwalk hmm. Empire. Come on. Anyways, uh, Doctor Strange is a uh, – one of the things this movie did really well was um, they make – I did not like Doctor Strange immediately. Like, they did a great job, uh, and I think this is what they were going for. So it's not like I was was just – it's what I interpreted they were going for. Um, This brash – um, harm, ultimately harm, well, I don't know about harmless, um, since he gets into a terrible auto accident from negligence, but, um, he's just kind of obnoxious and full of himself and they were really able to nail that down within the first 10 to 15 minutes. So that, I think they did a really good job of that. Um, oh, it's, it's like the, um, the Iron Man, um, yes, the this Iron, is the, the, the template, right? Yeah, this is a, a paint by numbers origin story. Um, well, as far as like the kind of the and it is kind obnoxious. of it is yeah, it's like magician, Iron Man, uh, brash, brash surgeon um, thrown into uh, an impossible scenario, and uh, has has his eyes opened. Uh, this movie was just not interesting to me. No, I got your you're saying that because me, me neither. No, had, this was so than, bo- like the visual effects were really good. That's it was just masturbation. It was. That. It was honestly like um, it was like the one scene in Inception that blew everyone's mind for whatever reason. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. They folded the city in half. No, a team of computer animators folded the city in half. Hmm. Let's let's get let's let's dial it back a little bit. Oh um, shit! The director did the screenplay for Devil's Knot. <gasps> Wait, really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yep. <laughs> the Scott Derrickson episode. Yes. Dude, could you imagine what he would have done with Hellraiser Inferno if he had the budget for this? That might be a little more compelling. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe. Um, but he did also write Hellraiser Inferno, so um, I'm gathering he does not. Wow, I I skipped right over that when I was reading his his writing credits. That's crazy. Good to know. I'm, I'm glad that uh, we've got two eyes on this. Well, four, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, kind of. I got yeah. one, one, oh, yeah. one that's giving me trouble. <laughs> Three but eyes. Listen to another podcast. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get the name of that before the end of this show. Um, this movie is just yes. The visual effects are great, but it's so tired and uninspired. Like he was the best part of it. He was really. I was. I was going into my going into this thinking. I'm not a big Cumberbatch fan. I'm not like win me over, and he did a pretty serviceable job. Yeah. Of okay, so actually, I'm glad you bring that up. So they have a handful of really great actors in here. Mm-hmm. Um, Cumberbatch, Ijafor, um, Mickelson, and and Swinton. The thing, uh, all of them, I would say, are above this movie. Like this movie does not did not deserve their time, but I'm sure they got a great paycheck. And I think aside from name recognition, one of the reasons that Marvel needed to get these good actors is because there was so much of where I think they just had to play to nothing. Um, I think there was just so much green screen and so much, um, so much of this movie was made in post that you needed um, actors of certain caliber to actually convincingly uh, portray this world around them without really having much to work with. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'll give. I I do want to give them credit for that. Um, and Rachel McAdams, like she's great. Yeah, like, she is. She, yes, she of course. Um, but there's just. This movie is, I watched this Tuesday night, and uh, I couldn't tell you, like, you know, there weren't really any, like, good one-liners, quips that I remember. Um, Even the visual effects, I would have a, they were cool in the moment, but I would have a tough time describing them just kind of a lot of like shifting and a lot of geometric stuff. Um, I think this is just an example of, um, you know, a paint by numbers origin story. And we've just been indoctrinated with so many origin stories. Yeah. Um, and especially like you said, the, the Iron Man template, uh, it's just, it's not an interesting movie. Um, I'm kind of, Kind of weird. Uh, I gave it a seven, like a very soft seven, because there's not really anything bad about this movie. It's just unapologetically average. 
But yeah, I guess um, like there was some bad stuff, man. Like the the like I love I love Tilda Swinton. I love her. Like she was totally wasted, and like the it was set up from the beginning that yes, she was powerful but mysterious, and mm-hmm. oh, of course, you know. And then you know, there's no like I still don't know why Mads Mikkelsen was the bad guy. Still don't. No. I yeah, mean, and that's it. The plot is just very. And they tried to make that, I mean, a fun little thing with Mr. Wong. And, you know, it was, yeah. it was nice. They, you know, there was a couple callbacks and then a nice little finish at the end, which kind of. Eh. Yeah. I mean, to, yeah, but then it's very generous to call that a payoff at the same time. I, I yeah, know I know. It's, and it is. I, yeah. I gave it a six just because of the visual effects. Yeah. The visual effects were, were solid, but. I but just, I, I, I just stopped caring after, like... Yeah, I was just so uninterested. It was amazing. After, like, the sixth MC Escher uh, yeah. uh, painting that they went through. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But it, 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 it was just... It's so sad that something like this is considered run-of-the-mill. Yeah, it, it does suck because it... Um, you know, I think it... I think for the hardcore f- comic book fans, Doctor Strange is a fan favorite. Yes. And I was I know a bunch of people I not for me cuz I don't think I've ever read even one Doctor Strange comic. No, um I haven't either. I mean, and, he's shown up in And stuff. like I remember people saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this." You know, I was like, and obviously I didn't because I waited, you know, almost you know, 10 months to watch it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And it had to be streaming for me to oh. even give it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, you it know was, what I had a problem was... with, actually? The timeline. Does this take place over two weeks or two years? or? Like, I mean, obvi- long enough for him to grow a beard. Uh, yeah. But it, it just, there was, you know, he, he just... The concept or the or the title of Sorcerer Supreme seems like some something like they say like allude to it taking uh like oh he became the best neurosurgeon through years of study and practice. And right. that implied that well to be the Sorcerer Supreme it takes years of study and practice. And it just didn't feel like many years went by. But they never really expressly said this guy's a full-on prodigy. These the chosen, like, how, yeah. How, how, what was going on? <laughs> so yeah, he went from like not being able to hang with anybody that was in the his class mm-hmm. to being you know be the one the the chosen one, right? And no real reason why, other than he's really smart and he can remember stuff. Yeah. But yep. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't even recommend this movie. No, for the, I, I can't. No, because it's it's not, uh, it's not even interesting. Like, uh, I thought at least there were some things that were interesting in Suicide Squad. I know the Suicide Squad gets you know beaten to death, but there was some stuff that I was interested in, and at least it's something that like. Tried, yeah. tried and failed. This was, uh, let's let's do it by the numbers and technically succeeded. 
but it's just so uh, utterly forgettable. So, yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's a bummer because as much as I feel like I'm really getting to a point of franchise fatigue with Marvel. Like I was really excited for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Haven't seen it yet. Um, uh, it's just uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. I mean, and it's getting great it. reviews. And yes, like, I should have gone and see it. And even people who don't, um, like Anderson, he, yeah, he mentioned on. Uh, the after disaster and probably his other um, probably on the film vault as well uh, that he really liked it and he's not into those movies. And uh, I just, I want to see it, but I have almost zero motivation where if it's not going to show up on a streaming service uh, that I already have, because I'm not going to shell out for this upcoming Disney service, um, it's just not happening. So it's, it's yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I yeah. mean, maybe you're just grown out of it, you know. Maybe, but I still read comic books. Hey, like active, I actively am still interested in in uh, in comic books that Marvel's putting out right now. And those, if there's anything that should lead to franchise fatigue, it's you know. A lot yeah. of comic book stories are uninspired, and they just rely on the recognition of of this, uh, like, of the love you have for the character, right? And uh, and the Marvel and the Marvel movies are starting to feel that way, but it's a little more work than going, you know, it's a little more work than uh, putting up three bucks once a month. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it, it might be too, and and that might be something we um, talk about a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it kind of dovetails into the mo- another movie I watched this week, courtesy of Fredo. Nice. Um, I got I got a chance to watch, and you reviewed it earlier yeah. uh, a couple months ago. Uh, I got to watch Alien Covenant, mm-hmm. and uh, when I say it dovetails into it, it's it's kind of the same thing. I mean, we're we're at the point where now. It's this is one of, a part of the franchise, right? And like yes. on its own, like set this movie by itself. And I said this about Alien Three, Alien Cubed. You mm-hmm. know, if it's not a part of the Alien franchise, it's actually a decent movie. Yeah, right. <clears throat> if you if you separate everything you know, and it's a decent movie. Um, and I I guess you could say the same thing about Doctor Strange, but maybe not because the characters weren't developed. I think they were relying on a lot of people relying on. Uh, people knowing the characters that were introduced, and mm-hmm. I had no interest in those people, characters. Same. But as far as Alien Covenant goes, so uh, I remember some of the stuff you watched, like or said. Um, for me, I had a hard time. Like it, it seems like all these Alien movies, like even going back to like the first Alien movies. Mm-hmm. It's like the same, same, the same plot in every one of them. Yeah. Like they're going to a place. They don't know what's going on. Maybe one person knows what's going on. And then aliens come. The aliens wreak havoc. The aliens are left at the end and probably are going to survive because they <laughs> yeah. need another movie. And it's pretty much the same movie. Like like alien uh, Prometheus 
was almost the same movie as this, only a little bit more like maybe spiritual. Yeah, it was or, a little more like, heady. Um, had grandiose thoughts, but this actually had some of those too when it comes to the David and uh, Walter characters. Yeah. You know, so a like you had bit, yeah. that whole like subplot in it, which was, I guess, the main part of the story. Like the horror around it was more just the dressing. Because I think that the story he really wanted to tell was this that David and Walter story more than anything. Yeah. Like the creation, you know, who creates who, who, you know, the evolution of man and all that kind of stuff. Um, On its own, good thrilling, uh, good jump scares, good uh, deaths, um, uh, a little bit of that gratuitous uh, shower scene was just... Yeah, that was more. That was more for just the trailer, I think, than anything else. Yeah, uh, it was. A, it was a good scene, but it was. It really felt like it wasn't earned or didn't it, need to be in there. It feels out of place in the Alien franchise, right? And it, it, the other thing is weird. Like all the, every one of the, the, uh, like all the crewmates were couples, right? And that, I, I didn't remember them saying that was a thing, other than. Yeah, they so it's it's another good example of how not to make a movie in certain regards because they had some like viral marketing stuff that was essential to the plot that was cut from the movie. So they really are depending really banking on you're such a big fan of this movie and there's no casual fans. Everyone who's coming to see this movie cares, you know, through the roof about this franchise. Then right. they're going to consume everything that they put out leading up to this. And they kind they did similar stuff with Prometheus, but it wasn't as essential to the plot. Right. Um, the, the viral marketing really emphasized the colonization. Um, it, uh, what's his name? James Franco had a bigger like an actual role in some of the viral marketing stuff as opposed to just kind of being a face because when you watch the movie it's like well, why the hell did they get james franco for that yeah um, but yeah. they they had i don't know if maybe the movie was just too long and they maybe to... I, maybe it's too much like i actually i really didn't mind like what david was doing like that whole part of it like what his ultimate goal was yeah. I, won't, I won't get into it but like i didn't i didn't mind that aspect of it mm-hmm. but i didn't think um maybe it, i don't know it just felt it felt really formulaic from a guy who may, well i mean i i don't know how formulaic he is or not formulaic but um it just it you know from i'm talking about really scott now yeah. you know I mean, the set pieces are amazing. The shots are fantastic. You know, you know the fight on the what the craft that came down. Yeah, was, you know it was great. That was cool. Um, um, it's just, and then you still end up with you know the you know the the final girl. Yeah. You know, um, and it's just like you, you can see it coming from my wife. Now you know. Well, you're you got to think, you know, how does this then tie into, you know, this is another prequel. Does it, yeah, 
do they put another movie out between the first Alien then? You know what I mean? Yeah, are they just putting movies out in the universe to bank on... Uh... I You know what would be sweet, though, is if they did see what like this the seeds they sowed at the mm-hmm. end of this and had it come to fruition at you know with the colonization type thing you yeah. know what i mean yeah so i, I like i said i don't want to give too much away but it may be it may be interesting you put them on a planet yeah i mean to me I, I think I mentioned this before. It felt like there were some lofty aspirations with Prometheus, and I feel like when it wasn't well received, Ridley Scott was kind of like, "Well, what you just you just want aliens? Fine, whatever." And uh, although there is a little bit with um, when we meet David again, there is a little bit of that Phyllis philosophical stuff going on um it just it really felt like they ramped up the action and well, he did deliver on the of, aliens part yes, of it absolutely. he did deliver on that that yeah. he he did got some great shots on that like the you know the neanderthal aliens yeah. you know the 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 prerequisite aliens and stuff that was cool and then you know you got the well you get all the old stuff too yeah so yeah, That's, I thought there was a lot of cool stuff in here. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I gave it a seven. Um, I think I lined so up I, with you on that. I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I just I there, I just kept finding myself thinking, oh, this is the same fucking movie over and over again. Like, yeah. it's the same one, you know. It, there's stuff in between that's different, but for the most part, hey, we're on the trip. Oh, what's this thing? Oh, that's not good. Oh, this is bad. Oh, let's get out of here. Oh, I think we... I think we're safe. Oh, maybe not. Weird decisions being made by people who should know better frequently. Yeah. But it's all good. At the end of the day, we got to see some aliens. Yeah, I I just, it was a good kind of sci-fi action movie. Uh, Not really worthy. Doesn't really, I don't know what Ridley Scott has to do to live up to Alien. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know either I mean, because, I mean, he is, I think we talked about this before, he's like 74 yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's getting 79. I mean, I don't know how much he's got left in the in the tank. But. I think he said he could do five more. He has five more alien movies in him. Really? Yeah. Well, how long as long 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 like, long like a Martian Miller. sequel? I'll be happy. Is there a sequel to I don't know. Because I know it's based on a book. Yeah. Um, no, as far as I know, no. Oh, okay. George Miller was born in March of 1945, and he just recently made Fury Road. So yeah, there's some in the tank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, his uh, his direction credits are. Uh, um, his last five movies were. Uh, a TV documentary about dreaming, Babe Pig in the City, Happy Feet, Happy Feet <laughs> 2, and Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Yeah. 
pretty sweet. So yeah, hey, you're never never too old to make a great movie. Yeah, that's what I that's what I got out of that. And uh, uh, but it did give me uh, a new not that I well not that I hadn't uh, not that I forgot, but maybe I just kind of took it for granted. Granted, Michael Fassbender is so good. He is, yeah. He I mean, he's amazing in this. So, and I feel like it's been a while since we've seen him. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, he's an uh, incredibly great actor. Um, probably been a while since we've seen him because I had no interest in that um, parkour video game, Assassin's Creed. Oh, you know, I started to watch that and I just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do it. That's a bummer. So anyways. Anyways. Um, um, you know, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll hit some better strides next week with our assignments. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be watching along with you next week because mm-hmm. I got I got one for you that's coming out tomorrow mm-hmm. on Netflix, and it's called Death Note. Yeah, um, and it's uh, you know about more than I do, I think, but it's starring uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who is. If you have seen the movie Get Out, he is the guy that says, get out. <laughs> and Willem Dafoe, Wilhelm, Wilhelm Dafoe. Uh, so I'm interested to see what this is about. It looks creepy. Yeah. Um, I I also don't know too much about it. I don't, I'm not familiar with the source material. I do know that I have seen the trailer and I'm interested. So cool. should be good stuff. Uh, and I've got something for you, uh, that, uh, Lakeith Stanfield also, by the way, Snoop Dogg in Compton. (laughs) He's actually been in a couple of movies that I really liked. Um, get out short Short term 12, short term 12. Um, he plays the bully in dope. Um, yeah, just in specifically towards the end of the movie one of my favorite scenes i think i've seen in a movie in probably the past couple of years um anyways he's he's not in this documentary i've got for you um so it is streaming on amazon prime and mm-hmm. i'm kind of using you as a uh, as a measuring stick here so it's a documentary that i really enjoyed um, but I, I kind of want to get a, a different set of eyes on it. It's called Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue, and it's the evolution of the American horror film. Came, okay. out, came out in 2009, and uh, as a fan of a lot of these movies they talked about, I, I sure was excited to hear them dive into it. So um, just curious, <coughs> curious what you'll take away from it. I shall check it out. I like good. I like yeah. Well, we all we all know that I like movies about movies. Yes, yeah. Movies about movies are always good. Um, this is not Lost Souls. I'll just I'll I'll be upfront with that. Mm. <laughs> Very few movies are though. Yeah. So cool. Um, yeah, streaming on Amazon Prime, two thousand nine. Um, it's an exploration of the appeal of horror films with interviews of many legendary directors in the genre. Sweet. Sweet, sweet. Yes. Cool. Well, yes. yeah. You probably want to wait. Well, you can watch along with us, yeah. but if you want to wait and let us tell you, hey, go watch it, don't go watch it, mm-hmm. that's fine. 
We got stuff for you to watch. We do. <clears throat> stuff that we have watched and stuff that we do like. Uh, streaming on Amazon this year or this week for this time period is yes. the movie called Kingpin starring Woody Harrelson and the crazy Quaid. Yes. Um, great. Uh, what is it? The Far- Farley brothers. Yes. The Farley brothers. Um, so it's, I think their follow up to this, uh, something about Mary somewhere around there. Maybe. Yeah. It's after something about Mary. Right. Uh, something I believe about so. Mary was 98. So something about Mary, I think was their next movie after Kingpin. Oh, well there I go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, 98 was something. There's something about Mary. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's All right. Well, anyways, um, uh, Kingpin, funny, irreverent, stupid. Yeah. Uh, but clever in parts and Woody Harrelson is great. He's mm-hmm. so good. Like anything he does, he puts his he just puts it into it and he just does it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, check that out on Amazon Prime. AP baby. All right, and uh, continuing with, with my documentaries. Um, one from 2012. It's streaming on Netflix. Uh, called Som S O M M. It's about four sommeliers attempt to pass the prestigious master sommelier exam a test Uh, with one of the lowest pass rates in the world interesting i uh i met a sommelier once at my uncle's wedding and she was no fun yeah how many are there in the world uh not that many remember no there's not much Uh, there's also a sequel just for um I think some kind of found a life of its own on streaming. And uh, so they came up with the uh, sequel, Psalm, Into the Bottle. Uh, that is not the one that I'm recommending. Um, okay. It's not bad, but just for so you're at the right starting point. Um, I was looking through my uh, ratings list and came across Sour Grapes, and that's what reminded me of Psalm. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Um, I'm not into wine, so uh, I don't think it's so. Uh, it's not so esoteric that someone who's not into wine couldn't enjoy it. So, what's well, an interesting look into a world that you know you otherwise wouldn't know a whole lot about? Yes, and the the amount of I've heard a little bit about this, where like the amount of work it takes to be that kind of person, and like the skill. It's actually a skill. Yeah, you, know, you absolutely. Hear, hear us try to blather and talk about beers at the beginning of this movie about finish or at the, at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, trying to, at least for me, trying to talk about finishing notes and you know what this tastes like oh, and stuff yeah. like. Yeah, it's that's just a very, very average or not even average. I'd say it's subpar palate. Hey, I for- I think that um, a big part of being able to. Um, critique something successfully is is being able to articulate tastes so, like chopped up tennis balls yeah <laughs> being uh it's, it's, and a dirty dog leash yeah so it's a nice almost like a a uh, a jordan three uh, <laughs> that's been used in approximately 80 pickup games <laughs> good body on it um yeah, I, I think that uh, you know we're two guys that we just we just do this because we we love the things we talk about. Um, 
but being able to articulate how you feel about something or to articulate what you're tasting, I think is a lot harder than um, maybe you give yourself credit for. So, yeah. uh, but but yeah. this is being a sommelier is like there's certain people that just can't because they don't have a perfect palate. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just they they lack in that skill. I mean, it's a, it's it's a mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better word, a god given talent. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it really like there's certain barriers to entry to being a sommelier. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's wild stuff, and it it is interesting. Um, these these people who and they're, they're, they're are like willing to dedicate, too, right? yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, they can they can make or break a wine for a season, you know. Yeah, and they can decide whether or not you know something's good or bad, and people's like entire. Uh, craft or their entire livelihoods is uh you know good or bad mm-hmm. you know so yeah and it's pretty wild just like interesting having people t- being able to tell you like the vineyard and like the year w- like just the pinpoint accuracy that they can pick up on taste is insane <sighs> gift and a well, curse yes because there's nothing like a cheap brew on a hot day or yeah a cheap wine with homemade spaghetti yeah and a good b movie yes yes to finish off oh yeah oh yeah all right um so just to to run it back down for you next week we're going to be talking death note and nightmares in red white and blue death note uh comes out friday um at the earliest when you're hearing this it's out uh and on netflix and nightmares is on Amazon Prime. And if you've seen those and you're uh, looking for something else, in the meantime, we've got Kingpin from 96 on Amazon Prime and Som, S-O-M-M, from, uh, on Netflix from 2012. And, of course, if you need more of us, we do, we do other stuff, too. You bet. Yeah, yeah. If you need something built, I can do it. Just give me mm-hmm. a call. Yeah, I've got you know I've got uh, got some skills. Like I don't have a lot of free time, but if you can get, <laughs> I can sit, fit you in somewhere in the winter here if you have a small project to do. Yeah, I will talk to you for a half hour for fifty bucks. <laughs> I like it. Uh, if you think that's worth your time, I will gladly do it. Um, yeah. In all, ser- in all Me seriousness, too. absolutely. Yeah, in all seriousness, we just, we, though, we just pay each other. Yeah, it just it's, it's a wash. But you know what? Maybe the uh, maybe the journey was the reward. God, I I I love hate that sentiment because it's so cheesy and stupid. But it's but it's cliche for a reason. As long as you say it, knowing it's cheesy and stupid, I I get a kick out of it. Um, I worked with a guy who used to always say dumb stuff like that, like "Eh, how was how was work today? Oh, it sucked. Well, maybe the uh, friends you made along the way were the uh, reward all along. (laughs) That makes no sense. He was a weird guy, and I liked him. Um, (laughs) He went on to make shoebox greetings. I I don't know. I honestly don't know what he does. Uh, I think he's a line cook at a... um, (laughs) At the Hallmark Factory. At uh, at a place called Burrito Del Sol uh, in Fort Walton Beach, but funny guy it would be better if it was burrito of the soul instead of 
burrito of the sun. <laughs> right? Burrito del S-O-U-L. Yes. <laughs> Is, what are you guys going for? I'm confused. Fortune burritos. Yeah. Oh, what was another? Oh, um, we would always get, you know, where we work, new drinks all the time. And he would always say things like, has science gone too far? <laughs> that's actually i would appreciate that i did yeah it was great he would just have these like really stupid like maxims that were just they were well delivered and that's what made them funny but uh if you want to listen to more of me uh i do a show called matt and andrew vs society every week on the sauce where you can also find every episode of the brewing podcast Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mr. Brad, you're over there on spandevoid.com. Yeah, yeah. Do another podcast with mm-hmm. three other guys in a basement, just mm-hmm. BS and talking about our lives. And uh, yeah, and I got uh, yeah, I had some, I've had a crazy couple weeks here as far as work and family and mm-hmm. and pets and relationships and all kinds of stuff. So I'm divorcing my wife and marrying my dog. Mm. That is crazy. Yes. Um, whatever works though. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert uh you get uh you guys have been on a tear lately though you got some good guests yeah it's pretty good pretty good so some, yeah some i check out spanaboy.com mm-hmm. and listen up listen up and yeah. check out the mavs guys too because uh you know we while we're over here or over there doing our gimmicks you know with guests and stuff like that they're just chugging away yeah. 203 yeah we're uh yeah, we're 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 podcast workhorses. Yeah, I feel like we we got back on track a little bit in two hundred three. Yeah, no, you guys are fine. Don't worry. Yeah. You guys are a little too self critical. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. Well, that's part of you know we're we're Seinfeld kids, so it comes yeah. with the territory. I think grew up on Seinfeld, laughing at jokes we didn't get yet. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, well, um, anyways. Uh, review us on iTunes. Rate, yeah. subscribe, get us out there, please. No, I think about it. I haven't checked for a while. Do we get yeah. any? I don't know. Wait, let's look and see here. We'll do it live and uh, see. Um, we'll do it live. Uh, also, if you want to email us, oh yeah, Brunviewpod yeah. at Gmail. Uh, t- we're on Twitter at Brunviewpod, and the aforementioned Untapped Brunviewpod. So. We're, easy, yep. we're pretty easy to get a hold of, and we want to hear from you. So, Holding steady at seven reviews on iTunes. That's about um, four more than I thought we had. So. Yeah. Cool. We'll take it. If, yeah. I, I We appreciate it. So, Absolutely. And thank you, and Fredo, for reaching out to us. Yeah. Long time. First time. Or long time. Long time. Long but time, yeah, long time. It's good to hear from yeah. you. Yeah. Always appreciate it. Yeah. And with that, let's uh, do it. Yeah, we've got another. All right, but let's do this countdown first. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that kind classic, of show. Classic, classic game. That game. kind of show. Andrew. Gross. Anyways. The, so uh, you came up with this topic. Yeah. Uh, how are you going to word it? Top. Uh, top. I, th- I believe I said movies that you missed the boat on. Right, so um, pretty much it has to almost be like a, eh, not so much a, a movie like it. You could say like everything before your time, 
before you know, your time. Right. Um, but there's also movies that were before my time, but that also got popular while I was at a certain age. Like my yeah. group that I was hanging out was watching these movies mm-hmm. and maybe I hadn't watched it then or like it wasn't in the zeitgeist or it was in the zeitgeist and I just didn't watch. Mm-hmm. That's what I kind of figured. Right. Yeah. Um, just just anything that that you either missed or was a misfire um i don't uh the example i gave you is actually on my list because i think it's it's um i'll save it i think yeah it's it's always how i explain this um so maybe we'll, we'll just get to that but in the meantime let's just talk about some movies that just didn't land with us i guess right yeah so like they just you you just either didn't get it or yeah, you didn't get it. Cause I, I don't want to confuse this cause we did the list uh, a little while ago, uh, top five movies you love to hate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was, was movies that could kind of fit into this category. Yeah. But I try to stay away from that cause I don't really hate these movies, but yeah. I just don't get them the way I think other people love. So like I, I can imagine there'd be a lot like for other people's list, there'd be a lot of cult, cult classics on this right yeah right but like for a movie like say donnie darko i actually hate that movie Ooh, me too yeah and oh i saw gosh. it as it came out so you're like, like the that movie. third person i've met that doesn't like that movie thank nice. goodness so uh, yeah there's a great uh, rest of development joke about twist endings in there somewhere <laughs> but it's a, it's I, a, I can't <laughs> You just you missed the boat on Arrested Development. Yes, I did. I'm a little bit too far behind. Yeah. All right, so this first one is purely joke, mm-hmm. but it is very real because I just finished watching it. The reason I was, I had to give me an you had to give me an extra five minutes to get down here. Mm-hmm. I watched it with my son mm-hmm. for the first time. Ooh. A misfit band of people get together to take on. The Icelandic bad guys in the classic movie that you love, uh. <laughs> starring yeah, uh, one Emilio. Yes, um, the Minnesota Miracle Man. Yes, so I watched uh, with my son mm-hmm. D two, the Mighty Ducks, because so we're um, my son and I, or my son, my wife and I. So right as soon as baseball was finishing up this year with him, yeah. first year of baseball, he really wasn't into it. He wasn't really swinging the bat hard. But towards the end of the season, we showed him the movie The Sandlot. Mm-hmm. And he fell in love with it. And I, we talked extensively about the sequels to Sandlot. That's <laughs> crap. But he falls in love with these movies. But that kind of gave him a love for baseball. Yeah. And like I think, I mean, for a while, there, for the, pretty much the whole summer, every day that we had, that we were all home, or at least one of us was home, we were, he was asking us to go out and hit baseballs, and we would mm-hmm. hit a bucket, like a, a painter's bucket, a five-gallon bucket full of baseballs yeah. with him. And he wanted to do it. It wasn't like me taking him out, dragging him out in the backfield, and, <laughs> you know, making him do it. He wanted to do it. So we thought, oh, well, maybe because soccer started this week mm-hmm. for him. So we were like, well, can you find a movie that uh, he might like? that he would get into soccer the same way. So I was kind of looking through and I saw what is called the, the big green or something oh, like yeah. that. Yep. Okay. So, but that's not, it wasn't streaming. I'd have to buy it. So I couldn't find it, but don't, one, don't buy it. <laughs> one, well, but if he loves it, then yeah. maybe it's worth it. You know, yeah, so you're right. 
I'm being I'm being selfish. Yeah, you're being like, no, he won't like that at all. No, I don't like yeah. it. He won't. <laughs> uh, so, but what uh, movies that that uh, came up on the suggestion list mm-hmm. of the streaming movies? It came up uh, uh, D two oh, my docs, yeah. and I was like, hmm, I need to watch this because I know somebody <laughs> that really likes it and brings it up every other week yep. on a certain podcast that I do. So we watched it. <clears throat> yeah, Ryan and does I, love this movie. Yeah, right. Matt and Ryan and Jim, all of it. Um, uh, so, um, this would be a Jim movie. This would be one like those those weird movies that he just has like, and not encyclop encyclopedic for him knowledge of it. Yes, those ones where he drops a little something. You're like, well, I know not what to ask in Five Buck Jim. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, it it probably would be because <laughs> this one's a rough one, buddy. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I, because I don't, I've never seen the first Mighty Ducks either. Mm-hmm. So, and I just, I missed this whole franchise. The first Mighty Ducks much. is a little more grounded. Well, I would hope so. The, this is just a free for all. And that's, it's one of those things for me where it's like, I don't know if I, I'm joking or not. Like I could sit down and watch this movie and enjoy it, but I know that it's utter nonsense. Yes, I like I like the way you explain that because you you're not sure if you, yeah, if you're joking. Yeah, like, do I actually like this movie, or is it just funny to get a rise out of other people? Yeah, um, the reverence in which you have for this flick is uh, yeah, uh, and now that you say it that way, yeah, because the, like the whole lassoing on the ice. Oh, two minutes for roping, huh? I've never heard that before, but I guess that's going to happen. And, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Yep. The whole Mighty Duck franchise. I'm glad it it, it produced an actual hockey team. <laughs> but uh, for me. Stanley Cup winning team. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was fun to see some of the younger uh, stars, you know. Yeah. Not really stars, but, you know, people you know. Uh, Keenan Thompson, yes, longest uh, running SNL cast member. Yeah, this is where yeah. he, he um, got his comedic chops. <laughs> Emilio, um, yes, the there's the, like character actors yeah. here and there. So, but yeah, that's my number five. Yeah, nice. Kind of joke, joke, not joke. I get but. it. Um, yeah, it's so it came out in a time where. Uh, anything that had to do with hockey would have been my favorite movie. Yeah. Well, Benny the Chet was in it. Yeah, exactly. And Which was crazy. Yeah. I was like, what? And he uh, he plays a fast Latin kid again. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. From where? Miami. Yep. Oh, man. Everyone else is from, like, Minnesota and... Well, yeah, that's the the um, the core group. The Ducks are well, yes, from Minnesota. Yes. And then... <laughs> Dwayne Austin from uh yeah. oh man that's so funny. when when the guy says he's he's the best puck handler he's ever seen <laughs> for his age right no <laughs> so <laughs> great um so i i have a soft opening for this one too uh to piggyback on that actually um is a movie that that i like um but <sighs> If only I had been a little, if I had been a little bit younger when it came out, this could be like my favorite movie of all time. Okay. Um, Miracle. 
from 2004. Okay. It's a good movie, um, but at that point, I had been playing um, – you know, I grew up playing hockey, and at that point, uh, I understood, uh, even if it's 1980, some of the uh, rougher stuff that kids between the ages of 12 and 18 would say to each other on the ice, for example. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's just – some really uh and it's all it's almost at that time from it's at that time for me rather when um i would have probably liked to see something a little grittier and um it, you know in that age where you're growing out of the disney stuff and like you know it it just some of it just felt too much like kid stuff. There's a couple good Kurt Russell monologues, but for the most part, this is a movie that if I was a little bit younger, I would have thought the absolute world of. But since I saw it as a teenager, kind of like, uh, like I, I did enjoy it, but it'll never yeah. be D2. I would I would imagine that if you if if Miss well you like Mystery Alaska right yeah yeah okay so like but when did you see that because that came out in ninety nine I probably saw it before I saw Miracle oh really okay. yeah so maybe that maybe my house was a little weird yeah yeah but also but that was a little bit dirtier a little yeah. bit more uh, yeah it was rough around the edges and it it just played even though they were adults to me. Uh, it just played a little truer. Okay. Because okay. there's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just... um, Like, we used to just have, like... Well, you know what it is? It's probably... It's a little Disney-fied. It is. Miracle. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, it is Disney-fied. I mean, literal. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the thing is because, like, at a certain point, I remember... Like we would, um, cause you know, we're dumb young boys. Like we, after games or after practices, we'd still have all our equipment on. So we would like box each other yeah. in the locker room, <laughs> our own right. teammates. And like, not out of, <laughs> out of simply having too much just misplaced, uh, you know, teenage stuff. <laughs> like, yes. Hormones going wild. Hormones going wild. Like, fighting people that you're friends with just because like oh wouldn't you, it be crazy if we just started punching each other if you can't hump them fight them yeah yeah there you go so. <laughs> um and and like that that was around the time i was doing stuff like that was i was also seeing miracle and miracle was just very um it's it's a pg movie that you know, hockey, uh, when you get down to the nitty gritty, is not a PG sport. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, it's a, you know, there's a lot of sportsmanship, a lot of class, I would argue. Um, but it's, it's, that doesn't mean it has to be PG. And so, so I like Miracle. But if I was a little bit younger, that, uh, that could be my D2. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, my number four is mm -hmm. we're going to stay with hockey. No, just kidding. Um, so there is a group of movies here that are very popular and, and movies that I think a lot of people like, mm -hmm. um, but I, and it spans about 
10 years hmm. that for me, it goes from me graduating high school to getting out of college and just before or just after I got married. So mm-hmm. there's a there's four movies in that t- time span that just weren't made for me. And maybe if I would have watched them then, maybe, or I, I just wasn't in my wheelhouse. But starting, and you'll see a theme here, is uh, in 1995, Clueless. Oh, yeah. Didn't get it. Ni- 1999, 10 Things I Hate About You. I'm Didn't not get it. About that one. Uh, very, still very popular. Mm-hmm. 2001, yeah, Legally Blonde. Oh, Didn't yeah. get it. <laughs> In 2004, uh, Mean Girls. Oh, and there's a, there's a theme here where I just, I mean, it's it wasn't me. It was about girl power and girl High school entitlement. Or not entitlement, but like empowerment. And like for me, I was like, okay, that's cool. This movie isn't for me, yeah. you know, and and they may be great. I just like for me, I think I've seen. I don't even think I've seen Mean Girls. Maybe I've seen parts of it, and I just was like, eh. Oof. I know I've seen I've seen Clueless, Legally Blonde, and Ten Things I Hate About You, but um, yeah, all the all those movies. I'm just like, maybe, you know, at that point in time in my life, there's why would I watch that? As yeah. A, yeah, between an eighteen and eighteen and you know twenty five year old guy. Yeah, Meh. no, I get it. I'm I, I understand. Uh, yeah. I like Clueless. I love Mean Girls. Yeah, um, you know, you've brought it up. Yeah, you know, quite a few times. I just yeah. for me never hit home. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair and enough. yes, fair enough. and it's all. I mean, well, pretty much all of them are uh, legally blonde. That's not high school, but the rest of it all high school girls. I'm like, hmm. yeah. I don't know when I saw Mean Girls, but I definitely did not see it in 2004. Right. And that's the other thing is because um, when I guess just to kind of piggyback off of you, like that was a uh, uh, I'm trying to think how old I was. Yeah, that that was that's a girl movie. Why would I watch that? Yeah. I mean, that's what it was. That's gay. high school girl. Like yeah. I wasn't in high school girls. Yeah, it's in a college, babes. Hell yeah! Not gay. Why would I watch that movie? <laughs> but that's how you. It's not right. But it's how you think when you're fucking yeah. dumb kid. So, but now nah, I, I love that movie. Um, I might need to give it another shot. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. I mean, it's entirely fine. If you don't like it. Well, when my son grows up to be a high school girl, then we'll watch it. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I, I don't guess, know how. I don't. I don't know, I don't know what's going to be happening in high not. schools. But uh, for the time that I was in high school, this is, was very accurate of stuff that was going on. So nice. Cool. And, and that's yeah, thing too. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You look back and you're like, oh man. This was definitely happening in high school. That's crazy. Hindsight, honey, honey. Ooh, oh, hell yeah. Um, so I'll just bump this up to number four so we can keep on the high school girls. A uh, little movie that everyone seems to oh, yeah. love. From 1993. Um, I certainly did not see it then, but it is Dazed and Confused. I like <laughs> Richard Linklater. Um, I like a lot of this cast. 
I just, I don't get it. I I think I saw it too late, for one. Um, I had already heard about how great it was over and over and over. And uh, I don't know. I, I saw it once, and I was like, eh, it's just not, not for me. Yeah, I that it definitely has a because uh, that came out whenever I was a sophomore, mm-hmm. and or probably going into my junior year, and I probably didn't see it until well, maybe see it in the theater. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but like for me, yeah. I mean, like we would alternate between, you know, gangster rap. Oh hell yeah! Grunge and classic oh, hell rock. Yeah. Okay. Because you know we were well, we'd listen to there was a classic rock station there was a oh uh, no for sure contemporary rock station and all the tapes we hid from our parents Mm -hmm. and uh but yeah like it 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 definitely is a little it's a lot it's really manipulative it's really playing heartstrings on Mm -hmm. you know nostalgia uh high school days and you know anytime there's a soundtrack that prolific like it's it's asking to be kind of pandering to your your audience. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. yeah. every time you go from like one song to the next to the next to the next, it's it kind of has to be like I can I can understand why you don't like it. I can. Yeah, and there's definitely just, some faults in it, but yeah, it's got a nice little spot in my heart. Yeah, and I get that, and it, it's a lot of people feel that way, and I understand it, but like I saw it. I was in my 20s when I saw it, like early 20s when I saw it. Yeah. That's kind of – and for for better or worse, um, for some reason, the two are forever intertwined um, despite Fast Times at Ridgemont High being 11 years older than this movie. For some reason, those two are always um, – maybe just in my mind, um, they're just always intertwined, and I love Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, I see. I, and, that's when you're I'm, the opposite, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that one can take a <laughs> leap. I, I have no interest in that movie. Yeah, um, and that's probably what, the same thing where I, I just missed the boat on it. And I was like, oh, I probably saw it in my eyes in college. I didn't see it in high school. Yeah, and I was like, eh. yeah. You know, it, I, it, this is an old movie. This is from the early '80s. It's like it's old. It's dumb. <laughs> <clears throat> it's dumb. You know what? Get, I was just I was here. just thinking. You know what would be cool? And maybe I could do this for my son. Mm-hmm. Is right like uh like in five year increments, the movies you should watch when you're ten to fifteen. Fifteen yeah, to that's twenty. That's not a bad idea at all. Twenty to twenty five and twenty five to thirty and like so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But like like have a definitive list of like movies that will hit you in the sweet spot in yeah. those in that age. Mm-hmm. Because there's you know, there's something to be said with the movies we're talking about too, because you know, a movie, even if you miss it, like a movie like Goodfellas, even though you missed it at the time it came out, like that always a great movie, right? Yeah. So there's a difference between maybe great movies and good movies or movies that you'd love. Yeah. And so like there's a distinct there's a distinction between the two. And I like it's it's not fair to say that a movie because a movie you missed a movie at a certain time in your life mm-hmm. that it's not a good movie. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But, that's, that's... but it also you can hold that against it, I think, too, because it doesn't it it doesn't not... translate to all stages of your life. Right. And like yeah. Goodfellas, like neither of us are uh 
in in the mob as far as i know um so it's not like we're drawing on our personal experiences to enjoy a movie like that. That's, exactly. That's something yeah. that's that's been painstakingly crafted. Um, and not that people don't work hard on these other movies. That's right. absolutely not it, the it, case at all. But um, Well, these other ones are slice of life movies. Yeah, we're looking at slices of life versus high art in cinema. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a but that is a great idea. I I say I, maybe go we should, for it. yeah. I think we should do that for, even for a show. Like we could do a yeah. You know the definitive fifteen to twenty year old. Yeah, just uh, do some time capsule movies. Yeah, that'd be great. Movie movies you should watch before you get out of high school. Yes, I like that a lot. Uh, movies, yeah, when you're experimenting in or around college age. Mm-hmm. Um, My dog, I think, is possessed. <laughs> His eyes are rolling up in the back of his head, and he's twitching. Hmm. Uh, yes. Sorry. All right. I just wanted to make a note of that real quick, because I do think that that is a fantastic idea. Cool. Uh. All right. Uh, so my next one. Yes. And this is more for a genre of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I, if I never got it, because cultural, culturally I never got it, or... Uh, whenever it was introduced to me, I was too old for it. But uh, the whole Godzilla oh. genre hmm. is just—I <laughs> just—I miss the boat because when it was inter- really introduced to me, which was what in 1999, oh, uh, the, with the Godzilla one. remake or yeah. whatever, with uh, Matthew Broderick, another one of my favorites. Oh yeah, um, I was—I t- was 23 or 24. And I was like, I Godzilla, like, what am I going to watch this for? And the movie blew. And then it's pretty like I I had no nostalgia for it either because I like I never got to watch those, you know. Yeah, you didn't have that reference point that allowed you to kind of. Yeah. Decide you'll like it or. Yeah. Have a soft spot for it. Right. And it was made for I think it was made for like 18 it was made for high school kids, that movie, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was all about opening weekend dollars. Right. And then whenever they tried to reboot with uh, Brian Cranston and Kick-Ass, yeah. like, uh, like, I watched it, and I was like, okay, yeah, Big Lizard. Like, everyone, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can imagine, like, the theater with a bunch of people love Godzilla, like, cheering whenever he finally comes out, and was it Mothra or, oh, or whoever yeah. came out, and it was Mothra, right? I think so. It was I a big moth thing. Yeah. Big flying was it? thing. I just don't remember because honestly that movie was forgettable. A little lackluster. So. Um, but yeah, it, like I was like, I can imagine people like who love that, mm-hmm. like standing up and like cheering or being like, yeah, that's great. Oh, I got chills from that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not judging. I'm not. Uh, but I, it just didn't hit me. Like, yeah. and like, like I never got to see like, Whenever I was a kid, um, I never watched any Godzilla movies. Yeah. Uh, so I, maybe that's that was missed by me, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and that was just, I just saw it at the wrong time. So that whole genre. Um, yeah. And yeah. even whenever it came to like Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. like there was that big thing. I mean, that movie it was, it was like Transformers. It was just the. There's something that really so I haven't seen Pacific Rim, but there's something that really pisses me off about Pacific Rim 
that people were saying like if it's a if it's a send up of dumb action movies it's amazing if it's not it's a dumb action movie because there was this whole question of like what was Guillermo del Toro's intention with this and I think if you know anything about Guillermo del Toro you know that he was 100% serious with that movie I think so. I mean, he pours his heart into like a an and idea. He loves. He has a separate home where he keeps. It's just uh, all of his toys and like monster movie memorabilia. Yeah, like, I mean, if is, you want to see a send up, watch Starship Troopers. Right, and that's, that's a send up. And that's what bothers me about it is with this, like, if it's if you can't tell if it's parody or not. If you're you're having that discussion, then I don't think that uh, you're. Um, I don't think that your feelings on it should waver. You know what I mean? That's like saying, "Well, is Scary Movie a horror film or is it?" No, it's a very clearly defined spoof. Yeah, and yep. when you're not sure about it, you're like it's the same movie one way or the other. Like, however yes. you choose to, whatever lens you choose to look at it through. But Guillermo del Toro, he takes that stuff seriously. He takes that toy stuff seriously. Yep. Yep. So, and, like, so I saw it, and, like, there was care in... in oh, yeah. This like, is a genre. He he <laughs> is on the opposite. I bet that he would cite Godzilla, the series, not even just the original, as some of his favorite stuff. No, for sure. And for me, no, nope. don't. Fair enough. Don't. Fair enough. Um, the uh, the Godzilla, the American version though, is just bad. Yeah, I re- I liked it when I was a kid, but even now, like I saw it not recently, but the last time I saw it, I was like, man, this is awful. <laughs> so that that one just sometimes you know it takes you a while to realize the movie's bad. So. For sure. Uh, what are we at? Number three? Yep. Uh, so my number three is actually um, two movies I haven't seen. But uh, at this point, I just don't see a reason to ever see. And that is uh, The Amazing Spider-Man and its sequel. Um, I... Really loved the first Spider-Man, first two Spider-Man movies. Uh, I think the third one is not as horrible as everyone. It's not a good movie, but it's not as horrible as everyone. Everyone just remembers that emo phase of Spider-Man, and that's that's bad. But in a whole, the movies the movies more than that. It's not great, but that's not all the movie is. Um, and after that, it, still a letdown. Still a letdown. Um, and after that, I just wasn't interested in another Spider-Man, you know, like why? And, yeah. And, uh, it just was so soon after, um, so the amazing Spider-Man was 2012. Spider-Man three was 2007. Um, it, it, that just, even by today's standards where they're just really churning out, uh, remakes and reboots and 
um, spiritual successors and prequels and universe movies, even by that standard, it seemed pretty quick. Um, And I just missed them when they came out. I've not heard a good thing about them. They're pretty, I mean... And there's already another Spider-Man. Yes. They're pretty forgettable for Mm -hmm. the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, It it tried to it it was it was really trying to be a little bit more faithful to the comics yeah. or and less um and less studio hands-on-y type thing mm-hmm. but because uh, he had the whole um uh oh crap i can't remember her name gwen um, stacy yes uh, it had that whole thing, which was yeah. a big thing for comic book readers. That right. I mean, that was one of the biggest events in comics, and um, <clears throat> and that uh, so like I appreciate what they were trying to do. It was just that uh, I that what's his name? Who does that? I, I can't remember his name. Andrew Garfield. Uh, yes, like he's uh, he's not a favorite actor of mine. Like, no, he was, I don't like him. Like I watched uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Like the, I think the only other movie I watched him in is Hacksaw Ridge, and he was just, ugh, that was bad. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. uh, not a. He was bad in it. Not yeah. that the movie was bad, but I, I'm not a big fan of his. So, no, me yeah, either. it was it was hard to buy a 25 year old <laughs> kid playing a high school, you know, high school yes. nerd. Yes, and <laughs> and having uh, the. Let's get this attractive adult male to be a loser in high school. Right. Good luck. Yeah, it's just I don't know why I would see it at this point, and that's really all it comes down to. So um, I like Spider-Man. I like the source material. I think it would be if they had finally – if they had made it to a Sinister Six movie – yeah, I might feel a little more compelled to be like, well, I got to see the first two first. But um, that got canceled. And uh, now I just, you know, we've got a new Spider-Man that's supposed to be good. Uh, I can always go back and watch the first two. I just don't see a reason. And uh, it is something that's sort of in my wheelhouse and sort of like we talked about this, this franchise fatigue. Um, the idea of you know, three Spider-Mans in less than in like 18 years. Well, I mean, less I mean, than more that. than that. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, yeah, three, three actors, oh, three, different, three, yeah, Peter, three, different. three different Peter Parkers. And I think Spider-Man came out in 2002 mm-hmm. and, uh, civil war was 2016. So yeah, 14 years, three Spider-Man. It's a lot. Yes. It's a lot. It is. It well, is a lot, think so. about the Batman. I mean, yeah, eighty nine to when did uh, when did uh, those were? I mean, when did uh, the ninety oh, seven begins? Oh, uh, two thousand and three. Okay, so you look at that. That's only fourteen years, and there was yeah one, two, three, four, four yeah. Batman's there. Yes, absolutely, and then. Anybody you see saw what it did to the franchise, right? Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Well, there's the other question of who's more omnipresent because I'd say Spider Man is right up there. 
as far as yeah. most popular comic book characters, but so is Batman. Yeah. But also so is Superman, and we haven't really been indoctrinated with Superman material. Um, but that's, yeah, that's interesting, uh, too. And maybe we all have more to say about that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right. So my number two. Mm-hmm. And this, I don't know if this is going to resonate with you at all, uh, but for me, in 1984, there was a movie that should have just hit me right in the in a sweet spot as mm-hmm. an eight year old boy, and probably didn't watch it till I was probably ten, because I didn't watch it till it was came out on video. But uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension is a cult classic, and. You have a bunch of big name actors, Peter Weller, John Lithgow, Ellen Barkin, Jeff Goldblum, Christopher Lloyd, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, I, I was, it should have been for like the, the, the boy. I, and I'm kind of right on this, on this, uh, cusp of, you know, movies you love to hate, but like, Movies I just don't understand, I guess, is is mm-hmm. uh, an, another an alternate uh, title for this. Um, but yeah, this I I was probably maybe too young to appreciate it instead uh-huh. of too I'm you know missing the boat as too old, you know, to watch it. And uh, yeah, this just flew right over my head. I remember watching it and just I, and I know my cousin was like he was so happy to see it and couldn't wait mm-hmm. to see it. And all of a sudden we watched it and we were just like, huh. And yeah, so I think it just went overhead. It's <laughs> it's uh, the the uh, the uh, synopsis is adventurer, brain surgeon, rock musician, buckaroo bonsai, <laughs> and this crime fighting team, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, must stop evil alien invaders from the eighth dimension who are planning on planning to conquer Earth. Sure. So it sounds a lot like um, Doctor Strange. Yeah, actually, it does. <laughs> Alternate brain dimension. adventure, brain surgeon. Yeah, well, the rock musician kind of goes, but his crime fighting team, the Hong Kong Cavaliers. They're in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. right? Or Shanghai? They're is it? Hong Kong. They're east. They're in the east. Oh. I don't. I don't remember. Don't remember details from that movie. To stop alien invaders from another dimension, which that's what that was. So yes, yes this is a send up. Dormammu. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm aware that this movie exists, but I've never seen it. Yeah, so there's not a whole lot to say about it, but yeah. like I know it's, it has a cult following. Sure. I just never got it. Don't get it. All right. Uh, so this was the example I gave you. Yes. My number two. And uh, it came out in 1994. Uh, a lot of people my age love it. A lot of people older than me love it. A lot of people younger than me love it. Um, And I certainly enjoy it. But compared to the people around me, I don't like Dumb and Dumber nearly as much as them. Um, My introduction to the Farley Brothers was uh, There's Something About Mary. I saw that in high school. My dad loved that movie. Uh, Like I said, my house was kind of weird. It really wasn't. Uh, My mom's was very conservative and my dad really loved movies. So I, uh, saw 
things like Pulp Fiction, American Pie, uh, uh, There's Something About Mary, like these, all these movies my dad loved. Um, mm-hmm. I saw them either, um, I'm sure my mom would probably think I'm still too young to see stuff like that, but who knows? Yes. It's a, the curse of the firstborn. Um, <laughs> so I didn't see Dumb and Dumber until uh, probably my freshman my first and only year of college (laughs) um and by then i like there's something about mary had just been so um had found such a special place in in my heart for uh for that movie uh that to think that there was another one from the farley brothers uh that could even compete would be just unfair yeah like people can throw like I like it. I I know some of the the better one-liners, but I just don't I it just has so much to do with um the other stuff I was exposed to before it, I think. Yeah. And uh It's it's really lowest common denominator. Here. Yeah, it, and I'm fine with that. Like I like that. There's <laughs> there's fun there's a lot of fun to be had in this movie, but just comparatively, I don't um, I don't, the, the people who love it have that soft spot for it. I think it's funny, but I don't, ha- I don't have that associated memory with it. Like I didn't grow up with this movie. So, well, it doesn't age. I don't I, like, it's hard. It would be hard to watch this and laugh again. I, I think at some of the parts, cause mm-hmm. I, I loved it coming out. I do. Yeah. I, and I still have a really fun, like, I think it's a pretty brilliant movie mm-hmm. as far as being able to do. Uh, dick and fart jokes. Yeah, and still not come off as like, um, uh, you know, uh, like a B movie, you know, or mm-hmm. like a a Porky's or something, you know, like something like that. Like this yeah, actually it's not has a, it's not movie, an has, exploitation has a movie. Heart, yeah, it's, but it's also like it's actually making fun of like disabled people, you know, <clears throat> and it. But that's why I like it. But like a movie like it's what saves it. There's a movie like there's something about Mary mm-hmm. is a little. It has more subtle humor oh, where they you make there's fun more of the mentally challenged. In it. I think that kind of movie will hold up longer. Yeah, I think there was a little more heart to it, and I remember reading an article around the time Superbad came out, which is I love Superbad, um, mm-hmm. about gross-out comedies with heart. Yeah. And it and this is a gross out comedy, and it there is a little bit of soul to it, and I think the Farley brothers, um, for all their recent missteps in recent years, I think that they know how to tell a story um, well enough where they they can inject some some human emotion into it, uh, even even when it is lowest common denominator <coughs> stuff. I just for me, I think something about Mary did that better as well as something about Mary. I had seen that dozens of times by the time I saw dumb and dumber. So it just, um, it just didn't translate as well. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. And, uh, yeah. and I, I still do appreciate the jokes and it, it listen, just, it just I do it's uh, two and a half hours worth of talking mm-hmm on another podcast where that's all we do. So I have obviously a special spot in my heart for that kind of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but like I you mean, said, yeah, like, like, or 
Yes. How many it's, times have we talked about using public bathrooms in the past three weeks? Yes. <laughs> on my show. We are nothing but dick and fart jokes. Yeah. But, um, well, it is for this, um, speaking of your, uh, uh, the episode with your wife and Chlads was when Ryan spiraled into the, his, uh, dumb and dumber quotes. Yeah. Was kind of what I was drawing the idea for this from. Okay. Yep. So, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. Because like they are, uh, not obsequious. They're, they're, uh, they're, uh, uh what's the word for everywhere? Ubiquitous. Um, ubiquitous. Yes. They're everywhere. You know them. Uh, so yeah, it's, there's a reason, but they're, they're iconic and it's just a matter of, for me, it's a matter of holding up, too, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I'm not gonna sit down and watch Dumb and Dumber anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I doubt. Maybe with my son, he might appreciate it. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta decide what time. When are you gonna? Yep, you gotta make gotta that go decision. I might have to spend a couple weeks figuring that out. <laughs> All right. So my last one, yes, my number yes. one, and this is the one that actually came right to the forefront for me. Um, because I obviously had missed the, I had missed the, um, the bus with this because it had come out so much earlier before that I had been born. And I really have a love hate relationship with this director as well. Um, because I, I, I can see his genius. I really can. I can see his genius, but sometimes I think it's over my head and I, and I just don't get it. And mm-hmm. I think that some people who say they get it are maybe, maybe they do, but I doubt that they do. Bunch of lies. Uh, but for me, and I watched this movie in college, like first or second year of college, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I love this movie. It's great. Yeah. Everyone else here loves it too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We all love it. But A Clockwork Orange. Oh. And I just recently rewatched this within the last year. Man, this movie, like, like I can, like I know there's themes and and all this uh, stuff, and like, and it, it, this is for me for Kubrick throughout his career. Um, there's probably only two movies that I can really stomach, and and of those, only a half a half of the one mm. I can really I really enjoy, and I I mean because I love The Shining, I think it's yeah. a brilliant movie. Absolutely. I mean, it's great. It's got such a re-watchability. And I love the first half of uh, Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. The second half is like a platoon ripoff for me. Um, even though... When was... Uh, Full Metal Jacket was 87, yeah. Uh, platoon was 86. So, And I know that they he was working... Like he didn't steal anything, right? Um, it just it just feels that way. Yeah, it just it was in that era of you know there's a movie called Hamburger Hill and Platoon mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, it just there was a bunch of Vietnam movies at that time. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Uncommon Valor. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, when it comes to that's a funny uh, one. Clock, uh, when it comes to a Clockwork Orange, this movie is. Uh, to say that, like, I missed the boat, I think 
I was I had a ticket for a small little uh, a quick jaunt. Like, well, like a dinghy driving by, and then mm-hmm. like this cruise ship went by, and that's uh, Clockwork Orange. I feel stupid when I watch this movie because I don't get it. You know what I mean? And I, the same thing yeah. happens with me with um, 2001 Space Odyssey. And we, uh, Master Zed talked about it last time he was on. Um, you know, he thought that Stanley Kubrick was the, was the, uh, uh, what was it? The, the, uh, the, oh, uh, antagonist for the, for that movie, you know, where he was getting in his own way. Yeah. And I, I just, for me, I felt dumb watching because I didn't get it. And the same thing happened with me with Clockwork Orange. And like, I know there's, a lot of subtext and you know i've read i've tried to read up on what he was trying to say and what the the novel was based on and all that mm-hmm. stuff and for me it doesn't it was too disjointed it was too i don't know it's a really on top of that it's a really tough watch cuz it's a disturbing <laughs> movie um but yeah stanley kubrick is he's you know a noted genius um, and it's just, I think that he is, uh, I don't know if anyone else really knows what he's doing. I think we can take, take swings at it and get pieces of it. But I, I, I just <laughs> like even, even the shining, um, or, uh, room 237, there's so many things that are just like, yeah. Talking about wow. taking swings. Yeah, and it's like taking swings at stuff that he's saying. It's like, hey, could be. Probably, you know, there's stuff that's like probably not. And then there's things like the um, how he has the baking soda cans stacked and stuff like that, the Calumet baking soda. Right. And like, so, <laughs> and like some guy being like, well, that's when I realized he was talking about the, the uh, Native Americans. Mm-hmm. What this whole movie is about the the plight of the Native American? Yeah, and that's when I realize this. Like, I really think that um, it's entirely possible, but I also think that I don't think you realized. I think you came up with a theory that sounds a little too definitive. Because I mean, I think I think you could make the argument on both sides, and it yeah. has to, it lies somewhere in between. I yeah, know. probably, but it's it's. You could say this is the work of a genius, or this is the work of a raving lunatic. Yeah, and it falls somewhere in between. And like, um, just because I don't get it doesn't mean it's not great. But for me, it makes me feel stupid that thus for thus thus wise thus heretofore. Therefore, aforementioned director. Yes, I uh, I missed the boat on this one. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I mean, I don't get it. And I also don't get the fanfare around it. I think it was at that when it was, I mean, it was what? 1969. Yeah. I mean, there's no 71. I'm sorry. 71. Yeah. I mean, it was tremendous shock. Shocking. Absolutely. Absolutely. And still, you know, pretty, uh, grotesque stuff. You see that. I yeah. mean, you see some of the f- slasher flicks now, you know. You're yeah, like, uh, stuff that just, you know, the torture porn. Just yeah. really 
shit like that. Um, but I don't know. I see like there's merchandise for, for this movie. And like, I see people wearing like clockwork orange t-shirts and I'm like, you really, you enjoyed this movie that much that you're going to, you know, wear it on your chest. Like that's, that's a little weird, man. Like whatever, if you like it, you like it. Um, I don't, I was, I, I think there's a lot to be discussed on it. I remember we talked about, um, maybe doing an episode around that. And, uh, when, yeah, when you were I like, you know what? I don't think so. I was like, that's fine with me. <laughs> I, yeah. I, um, uh, that, that is fine with me. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. Cool. So, uh, all right. You're my, number one. My number one is, uh, sequel to a movie that I really, really love to this day. Uh, 1992, Michael Keaton suited up again with, mm. with an unhinged Tim Burton to create Batman Returns. And uh, going back to my dad, he loved Batman. Yeah. Um, the original Batman, There, we might still, if you went to my parents' house today, might still have it on VHS. Right. Um, it just the classic, the, the black box with the gold emblem yep. on the front, uh, instantly recognizable, beautiful piece of work. Uh, love that movie. Uh, my dad did not like Batman returns. Uh, therefore it was never in our house. I <laughs> not even, I, for a very long time, I had not seen Batman returns or Batman uh forever the one after batman returns not the one that was the final stake the um the what's his name ice val kilmer yeah the Iceman one val kilmer one uh i didn't see that one for a very long time and uh same with batman returns so um it was one of those things where it was always my understanding that the first two are great and that for some reason, uh, Tim Burton departed and Joel Schumacher drove it into the ground. Uh, maybe it's, I, I think I missed the boat because the time when I saw it, I was like, mm, nope, not great. <laughs> not, not, no. not great. Um, and I don't think it's, I don't think that it's that bad to say that like, oh, this is like, how could this even compare? I just think that so much time had passed, and I think that I saw this after I saw Batman Begins. Like I mm-hmm. really spent a long time knowing that this movie was out there and never seeing it. Um, and I think just any opportunity of uh, the window of opportunity for me to enjoy this movie had just closed. Yeah. So to this day, I I've seen it twice, and once was because it was on TV and I was in the room. Um, and, uh, it's all my dad's fault. I'm really messed up. I've been talking to people about it. Um, <laughs> you're trying to get over that. <laughs> uh, um, my dad so... really did a number on me, man. Uh, no, not the case at all. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. Um, when I think about the movies I love, uh, like something about Mary, um, Batman, Jaws, uh, 
He's got uh, good taste. Yeah, he, he really does. Goodfellas, uh, The Godfather Saga. Um, like, these are movies that, uh, on top of being movies that I really love, I, I also associate them with, with my dad. So, yeah. um, Batman Returns. Didn't see it for a very long time, and uh, I, I I think part of it is because my dad loves movies, kept a lot of movies in the house, um, didn't like Batman Returns, so I didn't see it for a very long time. Good. Okay. Well, um, I'm trying to find the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, so Kevin Smith does a a uh, <clears throat> a podcast called Fat Man on Batman. Mm-hmm. And he talks with a guy, uh, trying to, uh, Mark Bernard, Bernardin, who is a, some kind of writer. Yeah. And they dissect the, that movie. Well, they, they dissect a bunch of them. Um, I'm trying to find the episode, but I don't think I could find it. But, um, anyways, it's, I mean, they got 183 episodes, so it's hard to, yeah. <laughs> to find it um but they dissect all pretty much all the at least the earlier movies mm-hmm. and they they i remember listening to it and that they had they thought that actually tim burton had a disdain for batman mm. and that you know he was kind of he took that first one and because if you really think about those movies it's not about batman it's about uh, at least for, in the first one, it's more about the Joker. Yeah, it's more about you know Bruce Wayne. Bruce There's Wayne not a whole lot of Batman in his bat suit doing the things Batman does. Yeah. Um, and then in the second one, it's all about uh, the, the Penguin. Shrek and the Penguin. It, yeah. Yeah, and it's all him doing his weird, kind of creepy stuff. And mm-hmm. like, I think they said like there's like maybe maybe ten minutes worth of uh, Batman in his suit in the whole thing or something hmm. like that. It's crazy. It's like a, it's a weird, uh, yeah. Uh, they, it like Tim Burton actually hated the fact that he was doing the Batman movie. He'd rather have done the penguin movie and, <laughs> and you can see it because it starts off with like weird, you know, uh, weird stuff that happens to kids and stuff. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's It's Tim Burton's weird mind. Yeah. Well, what I, the prevailing rumor that I had heard was that, um, there was a lot of guiding hands on Batman 89. And when that was a huge success, uh, they were a little more inclined to meet Burton's demands for Batman returns. So Batman Mm. returns is, Burton unhinged. Um, that's one of the one of the things that I've heard. Um, I you know I who knows how reliable that information is based on a movie from ninety two. But uh, I am going to listen to this. I think I found I think it's it. forty six and forty seven. Um, oh okay. Uh, I found one. I searched Fat Man on Batman. Batman Returns. Um, forty nine is the one that I keep. That keeps okay. up for okay. me, yep. but yep. I'll. Yep. Uh, um, in, it sounds like it's in the late forties. Fat Man on Batman. So I didn't know that he had an entire um, Batman centric. Uh, at the beginning, it was awesome. He was actually interviewing, like he did. Uh, he interviewed Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, mm. um, uh, Dan DiDio. Man, I love he had, them. Uh, I... Jeff Loeb. He had nice. 
uh, 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 oh, he had Grant Morrison on for a couple episodes. Nice. Um, Kyle Higgins, who did a lot of the uh, the Robin stuff. Uh, Paul Dini was on it. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, at the beginning, it was like all kind of crazy stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which I really dug. And then it, it started to get into, oh, yeah, Jeff Johns on as nice. well. But, like, I don't know if he got back into that. Like, eventually he had, like, Chris da- Daughtry on. What? I was like, what? Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I mean, whatever. He's the famous guy. Maybe he loves Batman. What can you do? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't begrudge it for him. But yeah, then, yeah. Oh, what's that? I got to check this out, though, because I um, I like that a lot. I will probably because I don't read a lot of DC comics. I read a lot more Marvel. Um, yeah. But I I do um, continue to read Batman. Um, I loved Scott Snyder's uh, new 52 Batman. And oh, yeah. all I hear DC fanboys say a whole, how horrible new 52 is. Um, and I'm guessing it has to be. Well, they kind of dropped the ball at the end there with the Mobius chair. Um, I'm guessing that it has to be the other stuff, the the uh, Superman, the Wonder, maybe Wonder Woman, I don't know. But I thought that Batman run was great, and I see nothing but good reviews for it, and it's maybe just because I don't read a lot of DC stuff outside of Batman. Yeah, well, the reason that everyone got mad, and this is the basic reason, is that they just they can I mean – DC had like 52 universes, so it didn't yeah. like each week your Batman could be Batman, this one, this one, like it could be a different universe. And they consolidated all in one, and they didn't like the people that were or the, the characters' portrayal and stuff. And yeah, you know, whatever it's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I always, yeah, it's just it's such a lose lose because it's if you're faithful to the if you're too faithful to the character you're not doing anything new and if you do something new you're not being faithful to the character so my dog (laughs) it has the longest piece of slobber i'm gonna he's so relaxed right now nice sorry deserves it that's hilarious um yeah so weird batman returns spiral here anyways i'm gonna listen to that batman on batman all that good stuff uh, all right. Um, well, I think that's that was a good list. I, I yeah. enjoyed doing that because yeah, it I was, was trying, fun. Yeah, uh, not so much movies I hate, but just mm-hmm. movies I don't get. Yeah, I do have a couple of um, I guess honorable mention, dishonorable yeah, mentions. Do it. Um, so they're actually pretty similar as the uh, Resident Evil and the Saw franchises. Oh, um, see, so yeah, I was into the Resident Evil like the first two, and then I was, after that, I was so. too. I actually saw all of them in theaters except for this last one okay and i missed the boat because it it just um i i don't know when i'll see it i don't really have any interest in seeing it and i think it what it just comes down to is there's so much other stuff i want to watch right now um i've kind of outgrown it like the the last couple i mean it was never great to begin with but the last couple ones were just so bad that it's like why why waste my time so kind of a it doesn't really fit um necessarily with what we're saying um but just another one where it's just like maybe i'm the boat and they missed me like you had your you had me 
and you just didn't capitalize quick enough. And same with Saw. I saw yeah. I saw the first four, and it just I had so many other things that could occupy my time. So just just a couple food for thought, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, well, I don't. I don't know if I have any honorable mentions, but mm-hmm. um, those those seem. <laughs> I was yeah. looking at the dog. Sorry, I got distracted. Well, it uh... actually is touching the ground. It's <laughs> it's made contact with the ground. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, dogs. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, well. Uh, I think it's funny how the colors of the real world only seem real, really real, when you video them on the screen. Don't tell a lie on me. I won't tell a truth about you. Don't tell a lie on me. I won't tell a truth about you. My future favors the legendary status of a hip hop rhyme savior. Travel around the Atlas in a spaceship, candy coated. My day shift been devoted to fucking up bundles of paper. Pie equals 314. The devil's pie is big enough to justify the whole thing. Wait up. Lamping in Jamaica, the clouds turning, my thoughts turning, burning cash to oil. I've been determined to make an earn this seed in the soil. It was classified. I'm satisfied when I strategize my kid's future. I ain't sanctified enough to say that I won't shoot you. I done vandalized the industry for a circuit. The earthiest slash thirstiest nigga you know versus this scum of a land that transcends two surfaces. The richer the poor, the bigger the picture, the more blood pour.